This morning's reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through to 15, and can be found on page 1163 of the Church Bibles. There is no need for me to write to you about this service to the saints, for I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year you and Achaia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you have promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good word. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confessions of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everybody else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord. Wonderful. Well, we are going to be thinking about God's generosity um, this morning. Let me pray uh, before we come to God's word together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have given us all things, and above all, you have given us yourself in your Son, the Lord Jesus. And we pray that this morning, whatever else we may grasp, that you would reveal more of your character to us, that we might delight and rejoice in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I think one of um, one of the commands in the Bible that I struggle most with, or, or perhaps find hardest to obey, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. Be thankful in all circumstances. 
And the thing that makes that command harder is that it's not just a one-off that, you know, you could kind of skip over and pretend you hadn't read it. Uh, it comes up quite often. Ephesians 5, verse 20, always give thanks to God the Father for everything. Or Colossians 3, verse 17, whatever you do, give thanks to God through Jesus. Whatever you do, do this. Give thanks to God through Jesus. And what makes this command hard, I think, it's not only the sense of in all circumstances, well, I guess that includes suffering. That, that makes it hard, doesn't it? But I think what makes it hard is also that I don't always feel thankful. There's a scene in the TV show, The Simpsons, um, where Bart's dad, Homer, he has his boss back for dinner. And Homer is trying to impress the boss. And so he asks Bart to give thanks for dinner, to say grace. They're not the kind of family who normally say grace, but Bart is cheeky and he says, God, we paid for all of this ourselves, so thanks for nothing. (laughs) Now, in my lack of thankfulness, I don't think I'd ever quite put it like that, but I'm not very good at saying the opposite. God, thanks for everything. Lord, it was my brain that passed my exams. It was my hard work that got me this position. It was my perseverance and savvy that managed to build up a healthy bank balance and pension. So maybe I don't quite say, God, thanks for nothing. But I'm not very good at saying, God, thanks for everything. I find it hard to to feel that thankfulness. And I wonder if part of our problem in being able to obey that command is that we have lost sight of the abundant generosity of God. We've not grasped that literally every good and precious gift is from above. The air we breathe, the eyes that see, the sun that rises. Perhaps we've lost sight of something of the abundance of God's generosity. And this battle... This battle to believe that God is abundantly good and generous, it is a battle that began with time itself. If you know the story back in Genesis 3, right at the start of everything, God has given Adam and Eve life, beautiful life. And then the serpent, the devil, slidles up to Adam and Eve and he attacks God's character. And what does he go for? The goodness and generosity of God. He says to Adam and Eve, your creator, your God, he may be powerful and mighty, but he's not good. He's keeping things back from you. He doesn't want you to enjoy the fullness of life that you could enjoy. No, if you want goodness, if you want the best that life can give, you need to find it without this God. We've been prone to believe that lie ever since. God, thanks for nothing. Or at least we don't say, God, thanks for everything. So what I want us to do in the next few moments is just to show our hearts and our minds the truth. That our God is abundantly generous. And my hope and prayer is that as our hearts are filled with thankfulness, then our hearts too will be filled with generosity. Let's think about that. First point, our God is abundantly generous. We're not going to go through 2 Corinthians 9 verse by verse. We're going to pick out a few things and we're going to skip around the Bible a little bit. But have a look down at verse 8. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. God is able to bless you abundantly. 
See, it's interesting that God doesn't just bless, he blesses abundantly. You you get something similar. Verse 10, uh, Paul writes, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. You will be enriched in every way. Again, God doesn't just enrich, he enriches us in every way. Verse 14, the surpassing grace God has given you. God isn't just gracious. His grace, his kindness is all surpassing. Or verse 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. God hasn't just given us a gift. The gift he has given us is indescribable. Do do you see Paul's point? God isn't just generous. He is abundantly generous. He doesn't just give us good things. He gives us exceptionally good things. And it's not as if I've had to search through the Bible to find this one passage that talks about God in this way. Now, his abundant generosity is woven through almost every page of the Bible. It's right there in the beginning, isn't it? Go back to the beginning, God's act of creation. That itself was an act of abundant generosity. God did not need to make this world. You think of God, you can think of him being maximally alive, even without creation, complete and perfect in every way. Creation does not make God any more godlike. It doesn't make God any happier, any more powerful. He didn't need creation in any way. Instead, it is a wonderfully gracious and abundant gift to us. And the world that he makes, it is not a kind of bare minimum world. You know, God's approach to making the world isn't like my teenage self tidying the house. What's the least I can get away with? He could have created one kind of tree. He could have created one type of flower. Instead, he creates a world that is gloriously rich, deep with diversity, abundant with life, full of color and taste and beauty. Even ants. I don't know how many ants we kill in our life. Probably thousands of them. But do you know how many different kinds of ants there are? 13,000 different kinds of ants. Such abundance, such variety. And the creation that God makes is a creation that keeps on giving. In Genesis chapter 1, every living creature or plant that God creates is itself pregnant with life. Chapter 1, verse 11 of Genesis, he says to the land, Produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. Or he says to the birds and fish, Genesis 1, 22, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And even to humanity, 128, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. God gives life and then he says, more, more, more. I say this in the most reverent way that I can, but there is something childlike in the Lord's pleasure and delight. When our kids were younger, you you might just do the very simplest of things that make them laugh or smile. You blow up a balloon and you give it to them and their face lights up. 
You, you put them on your knee and you rock them or you sing a little ditty or whatever it is. And their, their voice is full of delight and they're saying, again, again, again. The Lord sees the fish, the birds, the people that he has made. And with delight, he says, more, more, more. Fill the seas, fill the skies, fill the land. The Lord's generosity in creation is abundant. He delights to give more and more and more life. But then, you can pick up the Bible story a little bit later on, can't you? The time of Jesus. And you see the same God in the Lord Jesus Christ being as abundantly generous. In John's Gospel, the first miracle that Jesus performs... He saves a wedding banquet from disaster. The wine was running out. Jesus turns six stone jars of water into wine. And again, it's not the bare minimum. What can I get away with? Just enough to get them through the rest of the banquet. No, he creates a thousand bottles of wine. It is exuberant, abundant generosity. Or or later on, he's in the wilderness and a crowd of 5,000 plus people have followed him to hear him teach. The day is drawing to an end. Nobody has eaten. So from two loaves and five fishes, Jesus miraculously creates food for everyone. And again, it's not just a bare minimum. A scrap of bread, a, a, a tiny bit of fish. No, afterwards, there are basketfuls left over. It is a feast, abundant generosity. Or one more example in the Bible timeline. The greatest example of God's abundant generosity. The death of his son on the cross. At the cross, the father holds nothing back. He gives us his son. At the cross, Jesus holds nothing back. He gives us himself. And through the cross, the floodgates of God's generosity are flung even wider open. Listen to Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Through Jesus, we are given all things. He he, he doesn't just bless us, he blesses us abundantly with every spiritual blessing. He, He doesn't just forgive us, he forgives us of every sin, past, present and future. And then he clothes us in the righteousness of Christ. He doesn't just save us from judgment and hell. He gives us everlasting life and an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. He doesn't just make us servants in his palace. He makes us sons and daughters, kings and queens. In creation, our God is abundantly generous. In salvation, he is abundantly generous. One uh, commentator and writer on the Psalms, referring to one of the Psalms, writes this, uh, God creates that which is not God, creation, God creates that which is not God out of generous love in order that he may then, in the end, fill it, flood it, 
and drench it with his love and his glory. Do not believe the devil's lie. Don't ever think the Lord is holding back, keeping the best of life just beyond us. Our God is abundantly generous. He fills and floods and drenches the world and our souls with kindness and goodness. The devil wants us to say, thanks for nothing, God. Creation and salvation demand that we say to God, thank you for everything. And do you know what is remarkable? Even though everything we have comes from him, even though it is the result of his abundant kindness to us, he actually delights in us when we act like him, when we ourselves are generous. Listen to 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We'll come to the rest of the verse later, but that bit at the end, God loves a cheerful giver. It's madness, isn't it? I can only give because God has first given to me. I can only be generous because he was first generous to me. I only have the inclination, the desire to give because the Lord grew that desire in me. And yet, he loves it. He loves it when I give cheerfully, when I give abundantly. He smiles upon me. There was a phase when uh, one of our daughters, Eliza, she, she loved to give presents. Uh, and she would find random things, wrap them up, and then give them to us. So in the run-up to Christmas, you'd notice that one or two things had gone missing. Like a sock, or a pen, or a book. And then on Christmas Day, she would she'd present you with these presents. You'd open them up, and there was your sock, and your pen, and your book. It's actually a very good kind of way of doing Christmas, isn't it? At least you know you're giving someone something they want. Laura is already wondering where her shoes are. <laughs> but our response is, thank you. This is amazing. And we'd smile with genuine pleasure. She loved giving, and we loved her giving, even though it was our stuff she was giving us. It's the same with us and the Lord. It is all his stuff. Everything we are generous with. Our time, our talents, our treasure... It's his. And yet he delights in us when we give it and give it away generously. Our God is abundantly generous and he loves it when his people are like him, abundantly generous. Second, his generosity leads to greater abundance. Now, I think when we think about being generous with our time and our talents and our treasures, we assume it's like a cup filled with water. I've got limited uh, amount of time. I've got a limited number of talents or, or a limited amount of money and treasure. And if I pour some of those things out, well, they are gone and my cup is now less full. And to some extent, that's true, isn't it? 
being generous, giving, well, it is often a sacrificial experience. If I give some of my money away over here, then obviously I can't spend it on something else. But here's the wonderful thing. In in God's world, in God's economy, it is possible that being generous, giving away, can lead to a greater abundance. True for God in his experience. So 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10, Paul writes, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way. Here's the thing to spot. The Lord is giving away here, isn't he? He is supplying seed and bread and harvests. He is the one who is enriching in every way. So does God lose out? Does he end up with less because he is given away? Well, no, because partly he, it's true that he is the, the divine fountain of unending life. So, so he can never lose out. But, but more than that, look what happens when God gives away, verse 11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God's giving does not leave God with less. In fact, his giving and pouring out means he receives greater praise and glory. You see something similar in verse 12. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. All God's giving and generosity comes back to him in thanksgiving and praise and glory. God's generosity does not leave God with less. It leaves him with more. Again, we we see that in creation. So the Lord gives life to the whole of creation. He animates all things by his spirit and through his word. He breathes breath into the lungs of human beings. He gives and gives and gives. But does he lose out? Is he lessened in any way because of this abundant generosity? No, the, the, the vitality and diversity and flourishing of creation rebounds with praise and worship to God. Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 96, let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, its creator. The Lord gives life and life gives praise. His generosity creates a greater abundance. You you see that as well, don't you, with the greatest gift that the Lord has given us. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. God gives his Son, gives him over to death. And again, does God lose out? Is his cup emptied in some way? No, because... This act of generosity leads to further abundance. 
In Hebrews chapter 2, the writer says that Jesus, through his death and resurrection, brings many sons and daughters to glory. And at the end of his mission, Jesus says, Hebrews 2 verse 13, Here I am with all the children God has given me. I have a friend uh, who pastors a church in Bratislava in Slovakia. And when the Ukraine-Russian war started, lots of refugees flooded into Bratislava. And Tomasz, uh, my, my friend, and his wife, Sylvia, they thought, look, we've got a spare room. We can offer a family somewhere to stay. So Sylvia headed to the central station in Bratislava and found a mom and a daughter, and she brought them home. And you can imagine Tomasz opening the door and seeing her and Sylvia saying, here I am with a family to care for. The Father sends the Son to rescue people, to save us from sin and death and judgment. The Son dies in order to save us, but the Father does not lose his Son. His cup is not empty, because his Son returns, and not only that, he returns with a family, with sons and daughters, and he says to his Father, here I am with the children we have saved. God's generosity does not leave God empty. It creates more abundance. He gives one son and receives millions upon millions back. And when we, in Christ, trusting in the Lord Jesus, show generosity, there's a sense in which our generosity creates an abundance. Listen to this virtuous, beautiful circle in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God gives to us abundantly, so abundantly, that in all things and at all times, we will have all that we need, so that we can abound in every good work. And then the cycle starts again. As we give out, as we bless others, the Lord will bless us abundantly again so that we have all, thing, all we need at all times and we can continue. So we need to get out of that mindset that thinks the more generous we are, the more we give, the emptier we will be. That is not how it works with God. The more generous we are, the more abundance we'll have. Now, does that mean we're going to get more money if we give it away or a bigger house? Well, actually, Maybe. If the Lord sees that you can be trusted with wealth because you will use it well, then perhaps that is one way that he will bring you more abundance. But the abundance you see isn't necessarily a return on what you gave. The abundance could be elsewhere. I mentioned Tomasz a moment ago, the pastor in Slovakia. When I spoke to him um, near the time, he, he told me how their lives had been turned upside down since those refugees joined them in Slovakia. Their their church did so much. They drove into Ukraine to link up with churches and bring people out. They rented out five flats in the city to house families, and Tomasz and Sylvia themselves were hosting a family. They poured themselves out. They abounded in good works. Tomasz was already busy, had kind of two part-time jobs as well as pastoring a church. And I said to him at the time, do you feel spent? Do you feel empty? And he said, yes, in some ways, they'd given and given, they'd abounded in generosity, he was tired, but he also said this, 
the whole experience has changed me. I have grown in compassion. I have grown in kindness. I have renewed energy and emotional resilience. The more generous we are, the more we give of our time, our talents, and our treasure, we're not left empty. Just as Tomash experienced growth, so we will experience an abundance in some way. God is abundantly generous, and his generosity leads to more abundance. So look, as we finished, just two quick thoughts about how we can be generous. First, give thoughtfully, verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Be, be thoughtful, be considered in your giving. And, and I think that, that means we need to be deliberate about the amount that we are going to give away, whether to church or to other things. Don't just get to the end of the month and think, hmm, I've got £7.50 left, let's pop that into the pot. Coming up with a budget, looking at your incomings and outgoings and working how much after that you regularly want to give away, that is what it means to give thoughtfully. Um, And as you work out how much to give, don't let fear govern your thinking. Most of us verge on the side of caution when it comes to giving, don't we? Give, we want to give, but, but not to the point where it feels uncomfortable. We, we fear not having enough. But perhaps the picture of God that Paul gives us here urges us to verge on the side of being slightly reckless. In verse 18, Paul says that the Lord is able to give you all that you need. And verse 10, sorry, verse 8, I think. Verse 10, the Lord is able to increase your store of seed, replenish, to give more so that you can give more. If we urge on the side of being slightly reckless, giving so that it actually feels a little bit uncomfortable, then we will have the joy of watching God increase our store of seed and provide all that we need. Don't let fear govern your decisions. Let the abundant goodness and provision of God govern your decision. So give thoughtfully. Second, give cheerfully. Verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So many things that might motivate us to give, aren't there? Guilt, perhaps, is the biggest one. We feel guilty that we have a comfortable life and a good salary and nice things. And so in order to assuage that guilt, we give our money away. But guilt is a terrible reason to give. You will give reluctantly. You will give under compulsion. It will shrivel your soul and grow you in bitterness towards the Lord and towards others. If we are wealthy, and most of us are by the world's standards, do not start with guilt. Start with thankfulness. All good things come from the Lord, Paul writes in 1 Timothy, and are to be received with thanksgiving. Don't feel guilty about your wealth, your home, your life. Be thankful. And then give from a thankful heart. Give cheerfully and joyfully. Cheerful because we see the good our gift is doing and how the Lord is bringing relief and grace and help to others. Cheerful because the gospel of salvation and life can be furthered through what we give. Cheerful as well because through our giving, we demonstrate to ourselves that we are not controlled by money. We can give it away. And the best of all, cheerful 
Because God delights in a cheerful giver. I get to enjoy the smile of my father. He loves a cheerful giver. So if we want generous hearts, then we need to know how abundantly generous God is. And we need to understand that in God's world, in God's economy, even if we give away, we can end up receiving more in return. Let us think and dwell upon God's abundant generosity and especially his greatest gift, the gift of his son, the Lord Jesus. I'm going to pray and then hand back over. Heavenly Father, please open our eyes to the ways in which you have blessed us so abundantly, to the physical life blessings that we enjoy, to the salvation, spiritual blessings that we enjoy, to the wonder of wonders that you have given us yourself in your Son, the Lord Jesus. Lord, as Paul said, may we be thankful in all circumstances because of your abundant goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen.